Good morning. Welcome to Bethlehem Lutheran Church, where God has called and gathered us here this day to receive his gifts through his word and his sacrament. The Old Testament reading for the fourth Sunday in Lent is from Exodus chapter 16. And the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them, whether they will walk in my law or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, At evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, and in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling against the Lord. For what are we that you would grumble against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you in the evening meat to eat and in the morning bread to, be to the full, because the Lord has heard your grumbling that you grumble against him, what are we? Your grumbling is not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. And as soon as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the people of Israel. Say to them, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening quail came up and covered the camp, and in the morning dew lay around the camp. And when the dew had gone up, there was on the face of the wilderness a fine flake-like thing, fine as frost on the ground. When the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it, each one of you, as much as he can eat. You shall each take an omer according to the number of the persons that each of you has in his tent. And the people of Israel did so. They gathered some more, some less. But when they measured it with an omer, whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. Each of them gathered as much as he could eat, and Moses said to them, Let no one leave any of it over till the morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it till the morning, and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was angry with them. Morning by morning they gathered it, each as much as he could eat. But when the sun grew hot, it melted. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from Galatians chapter 4. Tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not listen to the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave woman and one by a free woman. But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh, while the son of the free woman was born through promise. Now, this may be interpreted allegorically. These women are two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai, bearing children for slavery. 
She is Hagar. Now, Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. She corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren one who does not bear. Break forth and cry aloud, you who are not in labor. For the children of the desolate one will be more than those of the one who has a husband. Now you, brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. But just as at that time he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, so also it is now. But what does the scripture say? Cast out the slave woman and her son. For the son of the slave woman shall not inherit with the son of the free woman. So, brothers, we are not children of the slave, but of the free woman. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the sixth chapter. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes then and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down, about five thousand in number. Jesus then took the loaves. And when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, Gather up the leftover fragments, that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, and filled twelve baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, This is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. Perceiving, then, that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. People always seem to want more doesn't matter how much they have already, whether they have a little bit and they just want more because they feel like they need that to survive, or if they already have a lot, but they just need that little bit more in order to truly feel satisfied. doesn't matter what your station in life is. We always want more. This is almost just a part of being human. And really it is now because of our sinful nature. We are insatiable in our desires. We are greedy and selfish 
and we always want and want and want. And here in our story today, we see this happening yet again. We see that even in one of the most popular and biggest miracles that he does, where he feeds 5,000 people, that the people still want more. Even after he gave them way more than they could possibly need, than they could possibly even imagine, they still want, they still desire. Our story for today, as I mentioned, is a very popular one, the feeding of the 5,000. It's one of the few things in the Gospels that shows up in every single one of the Gospels, which gives us quite a bit of context to talk about. But before we get into that, let's listen one more time to the beginning of this miracle so that we might look and see what's going on. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. The setting for this miracle is a little bit fascinating in that when it says after this, you should always be wondering, well, gee, I wonder what it's after. And here, not in the Gospel of John, which this is taken from, but in the other Gospels, which gives us a little bit more of a chrono chronological following, it's clear that this miracle happens directly after Herod beheaded John. And we know that Jesus, when he went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, was doing this to actually try and get away from the crowds. He wanted to seclude himself for prayer and likely to give himself time to mourn for his cousin. I think we forget sometimes that John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin. And so when he heard about this, this, this wasn't just a co-worker. This wasn't just the guy who was his herald who came before to announce his presence, though he certainly was that. This was family. This was somebody who he had grown up with, somebody who he had known his entire life, and he was killed simply because he was willing to call a sin a sin. But the crowds didn't really care what Jesus was trying to do. They didn't care that he was trying to get some time to himself. They were following after him because he had healed the sick and they saw the signs and because they wanted more. Jesus then sits down on the mountain and we know from the other Gospels that he does this specifically because he and his disciples were so busy that even they themselves actually didn't have enough time to eat. And so it got to the point where Jesus basically said, okay, no, stop, we all just need to sit down and have lunch. And yet, the people were still there, wanting more. 
It's also fascinating that this happens at Passover. That it happens at the time when the Jewish people gathered together to remember when God had freed them from Egypt. And that in just a year or two, at another Passover, Jesus would continue to give us bread, continue to give us his body in order to save us. However, that isn't quite yet. And so, listen again, therefore, and hear about a little test that Jesus gives his disciples. Lifting up his eyes then, and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus gives his disciples a test here, and interestingly enough, we see Philip and Andrew being the ones who answer. It's interesting because in the Gospel of John, we see much more of some of the more unknown disciples than we see in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And so here, it's Philip who starts off, and Philip answers by saying, even if we had 200 denarii, that wouldn't be enough for everyone to get even a little bit of bread. 200 denarii is about a day's wages for a laborer out in a field. And that only makes sense, right? That 200 days worth of wages wouldn't be enough to feed 5,000 people plus probably their wives and children. Not everybody wouldn't even get a crumb if they were able to buy money for that. And Andrew says, well, we have these, well, we, the boy, has these five barley loaves and two fish, but what are we going to be able to do with that? And so Jesus' question of where are we to buy bread goes unanswered. And the disciples fail the test. Just as, if we're honest, we would have too. I wonder then, what is our test now? Where is it that Jesus is asking, where are we to buy bread? Or another way of saying, what are you going to do now? Are you going to continue to greedily hoard all of your resources and not share them out? Are you going to continually seek after more and more wealth? Are you poor and, and are you going to continue to worry and stress over whether or not God will provide you with food? What is your test? I certainly can't say for each and every one of you what yours is. I don't know that I can even say offhand what mine is. But it is a question worth asking. Where in your life 
is your desires, your wants, getting in between you and Jesus. Thankfully, Jesus doesn't just leave his disciples hanging, and neither will he leave us hanging. Listen, therefore, and hear of this miracle. Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, about five thousand in number. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, Gather up the leftover fragments, that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. I love this miracle for a great many reasons, but one of them is because of how almost under the radar it is. If you were reading through this account here, you might would be forgiven for just not even noticing that the miracle happened. All that it says is that Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. And then they ate their fill. Five thousand people, plus women and children, ate their fill from five loaves of bread and two fish. But that, of course, wasn't just that. It would be one thing if he had given out the perfect amount of bread and fish that were needed. And in some ways, that's almost what we would expect God to do, right? Just give us the exact amount that we needed and nothing more. But that is not what our God does for us. That is not how our God treats us. And it's not how he treats his disciples either. It is, after all, no coincidence that there are 12 baskets left over, one for each of the 12 disciples, of course. He hadn't just fed the 5,000. He had also provided more than they could possibly need. They had provided enough so that each disciple had a full basket for bread for himself. And in the same way, he does this for us. This is the truth of our Lord. That he provides for us in ways that we cannot fathom. Ways that we cannot imagine. And this is the promise that he has made to us. That he will provide for us. Whether that's talking about when his son died on the cross in order to ensure that we would have the forgiveness for our sins, or if it's talking about when week after week he provides his own body and blood for us. Whether it talks about time and time again when babies and adults are able to come and be baptized and welcomed into his house, he continually promises us that he will provide. And yet, because we are sinful, and because the people back then were sinful as well, 
That is not the end of the story. Because the people want more. Listen, therefore, again, as our reading concludes. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. Perceiving that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. What is it that you want? Do you want a bread king? Or do you want the bread of life? Or perhaps a better question. What is it that you need? Do you need a bread king who can multiply all of the food around you so that you never go hungry? Or do you need the bread of life that sustains you here and now, but also grants you eternal life forever? What is it that you need? The people here clearly thought that they needed the bread king. They were going to take him away and to make him king by force. And here we see the selfishness and greed of the people and ultimately of us. They saw a person who could feed them forever as far as they could see. And so they decided he's going to be our king. And they were going to go and make him king, whether he wanted to be or not. And of course, ultimately, we can look, historically speaking, and know what the result of such an action would be. Herod would not have allowed another king to step up like this. The Roman Empire certainly wouldn't have been okay with it. And they would have come down and they would have crushed this rebellion. And then they would have executed Jesus for being so arrogant that they thought he could rise up like this. And we know that while the time would come when Jesus would allow himself to be executed for his people, that that time was not yet. That the time would be coming when he would sacrifice himself for our sins, when he would provide his own body for our bread. And we know also that even now this is still true. That even now he still gives us this day our daily bread as we pray him to do in the Lord's Prayer. And yet, I think we miss it sometimes. I think we miss the miracle that God can provide each of us with our food. Maybe it's because we expect him to do it like this, where he takes five loaves and feeds 5,000 somehow. And somehow we miss the fact that it doesn't matter how good of a farmer you are, if God doesn't want the wheat to grow in the field, the wheat isn't going to grow in the field. And yet, time and time again, season after season, year after year, generation after generation, God gives the growth. Whether you're talking about the wheat that's growing in the fields right now, 
whether you're talking about growing up and becoming stronger so that you can go and work for a living, or whether you're talking about hearing the word of God and growing up in faith. God performs these miracles for us every single day. And we are able to see those. We are able to see when he gives us his very body to strengthen our faith and to hear about the time that he sacrificed himself for us on that Passover. You are free to take advantage of God's provisions for you. Free to use them to serve both him and others in this world. Use them to strengthen yourself, to provide enough food for your family as well as for those around you. And are free to recognize that the day soon will come when God takes us to be with him, when he will provide everything for us. Now may the peace which passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.